night, not able to get it off of my mind and heart, knowing beyond any shadow of a doubt that I have heard from the Lord. Verse number one. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam. And let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, We're felling. And he shewed him the place, and he cut down a stick, and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee, and he put out his hand and took it. With your help and with the help of the Lord here today, I'm going to preach to you. It takes a miracle to recover some things. Would you lift your hands and your voices with me right now? God, I'm looking to you. I'm asking you, God, to anoint. I already feel that anointing. But not only anoint our lips to speak, but God, anoint our ears to hear. Anoint our hearts to receive of your word today. You know every need, every problem, every situation. You know, God, the very heart. I'm asking you right now, God, to let that anointing flow like a river in this building right now. Would somebody, under the sound of my voice, lift your hands and your voices unto the Lord? Would you praise Him with a loud voice right now? Create an atmosphere for the Holy Ghost to move upon you and to affect your neighbor around you. Come on, all over this building, take one moment right now and create that atmosphere of praise and of worship that God might be able to minister to your very need. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Praise God. You can be seated today. Do my best to be brief, but I need to deliver this message to you. You need to receive it from God. Praise the Lord. He knows what we need before we even ask. He knows what we need before your spouse knows what you're needing. And I'm so thankful that he looked beyond my faults and he saw my very need. Didn't mean he condoned my fault. Didn't mean he condoned my failure. But I am so thankful that when the devil says you've messed up and you don't have any more chances, you might as well quit. You might as well give up. I'm so thankful to know that the scripture says, hallelujah, that he doesn't condone what I did, but he will forgive it and then he will forget it. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Over the years, there have been things in our lives that we could truthfully say, my friend, I have lost some things. Some things just aren't the way 
they used to be. Mm, hallelujah. Now, the one thing that very readily comes to our minds is health. Praise the Lord. I've never had wealth, so I don't know what it's like to lose that. But I do know what it's like to struggle with health. But the thing about health that we need to understand is this, that healing is at his discretion. He never promised me a perfect body here. He said, if you're looking for a perfect body, you got to go over there. And I'm not quite ready to go over there just yet. Are you? Well, praise the Lord. But there are some things in our lives, my friend, that we as Christians, as people that are full of the Holy Ghost or with the Holy Ghost, cannot afford to lose in the hour that we are living in. Now, I'm not going to get sidetracked with a lot of nonsense, if, if I can possibly do that. And I'm not going to get sidetracked with the normal uh, ideologies of going into preaching standards and, and uh, prayer and so on and so forth. There's a whole lot more to it. It takes all of those things. Don't misunderstand me. And we are not going to be successful losing any of those things. But there are some things in our lives that I have a feeling that we don't pay as much attention to as what we need to be paying attention to them today. But the devil has come to realize that there are some areas of in our lives, my friend, that if we lose them, if we sacrifice them, then it is, friend, that we will not be able to be as successful and be as revivalistic and be as a moved of God as what we need to be. Because the devil has a theory that if I can keep people on the borderline, that if I can keep people in the midst of a struggle, oh God, that if I can not just afflict their bodies, but afflict their mind and afflict their spirit, my friend, it won't keep them from praise. It won't keep them from holiness. It won't keep them from being able to sit on a pew and say, I am apostolic Pentecost. It will just simply cause them to not be able to reach the heights in the spirit that God is trying to bring the church to in this day and hour that we are living in. Regardless of what the doomsday howler says, there's still revival by God of miracles, signs and wonders that God is producing today that will equal that of even the upper room and the day of Pentecost. Oh, I'm getting best getting started a little backwards here, but that's fine too, I suppose. Mm, praise the Lord. This is a somewhat familiar story in the scripture. And it was that they were just a little tired of the struggle where they were. Put it very plain and simple. Somewhere I can't help but feel, Brother Morrell, 
They had quit reviving themselves. They had quit restoring their their uh, um, excitement. When you're excited about something, you can't get enough of it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you're excited about something, friend, you're renewing yourself daily in it. And somewhere, that excitement had drained. Somewhere, something had become an outlet for their excitement to drain away from them. God, and they didn't really realize it until possibly some years had come. And they're finding themselves struggling to maintain, struggling to survive, struggling just to to make one day into the next day. And so their answer to this seemed to be, we might as well just leave where we are. We're not ready to quit. We're not ready to backslide. We're not ready to give up. And we're not, praise the Lord, because they wanted to include the man of God in their decision. Praise the Lord. They wanted to know that we can move from where we are to another place and be all right. And God would honor it and God would bless it. If I could just get something new, if I if we could just build a new town, if we could just build a new home, if we could just have some different streets to walk on, then we would feel like we used to feel. You hang on, there's a direction to my madness right here. If we could just have some new something, a new feeling in my heart, a new feeling in my mind. I God, we're probably going to build streets identical to where we were just at. We're probably going to build homes that look just like the one we're moving out of. We're going to have a city resembling what we've left, but it's going to be a new one. And their theory was, if we could just have that, then we'll feel like we used to feel. My God, we'll do things like we used to do them. We'll have church like we used to have. And to their amazement when they approached the man of God with this, I can kind of feel like that possibly they were wondering, will he go for it? In other words, I feel like they were prepared to hear him say no. But what he says is, go ahead. Praise the Lord. Then they said, well, we don't want to go. If you're not going with us, will you go with us? And to their amazement again, he says, I will go. Now, at that point in the scripture, we do not know what the rest of it says. We do because we read it. Praise God. But if we were just hearing this for the first time, we would not know what was about to transpire. But I feel like that God did, and the man of God was listening to God, and God said they're going to need you there as much, if not more, than they need you here right now. Oh, God. Hallelujah. But hang on with me, okay? Praise God. I won't be a long time. So they went. Things are progressing along, and they're, they're getting productive. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I got when they were seemingly least expecting it, there's a man that cries out. He's got a problem. He's got a situation. Praise the Lord. 
And the situation and the problem was that while he is trying to fell another tree, his axe head falls off and it falls into the water. And iron don't swim and it sank out of sight. Now this is where I'm going to preach right here. And it sank out of sight. The first thing he does is stops everything. My God, he makes it hard for everybody. He inflicts his problem upon the whole town. He's telling everybody. He's screaming to the top of his voice, I have lost my accent. I do not get disturbed at people that are in trouble that stop everything to voice their need to God. When I get disturbed, my friend, is when they act like it's no big deal. God gets disturbed when they act like, I God, it's not no big problem. I'll make it work. I'll make it happen. I'll do something different. Praise God, but I'm not going to waste time on trying to recover an old axe head. Just a little while. Mm, hallelujah. But he stops everything. My God, after having pastored churches, it didn't, it didn't bother me, my friend, to see and hear that one individual, my God, that stopped this whole service because they were in trouble. Because they had a problem they knew they couldn't handle. Don't be afraid. I don't know why I'm preaching like this, but that's all right. God does. But don't be afraid to say, Brother Morrell, can we stop here for a few moments? I need something. I have lost something. I don't know how to recover it. But I know that if I'm going to move on, I've got to somehow get back what I have lost. Ah, praise God. You can be seated. And I can guarantee you your pastor will take time. And I guarantee you this church will take time for your problem, for your need. That's what terrifies the devil. That's what terrifies all of hell. It's when somebody, like God, will deny themselves. I don't know why I'm off on this, but that's fine. Praise God. But we'll simply say, hey, I, God, I may not have to disclose all of my failure. I don't need to tell you all of my fault. It, let it suffice to say that I have lost an accent. Not just any accent. The world around him, all of his buddies, all of his friends, could have pointed a finger at him and said, but you knew you were about to lose it. 
How long have you been using this axe with the axe head loose on it? By God, with the determination in your mind, I'm going to fall another tree. I'm going to get one more down. I'm going to use this axe until the head falls off of it. I'm going to keep going. Thank God for that kind of mentality and tenacity. But in all reality, friend, why don't we quit slinging axes around that are loose? Trying to achieve the same measure of revival. My God, hoping and praying that I can get through one more service, that I can get through one more revival, that I can get through one more prayer meeting before it all falls apart and become to get, begin to realize that what it takes to recover it could have easily be, been avoided had I just tightened it up, had I just had what I needed at that very moment. Instead of procrastinating, instead of saying tomorrow, I'll get it right. Instead of saying next week, I'll get it right. Instead of saying I'll wait to the next revival and I'll get my axe head tightened up. You know, my friend, that when things start unraveling, when things start coming apart, it's just a matter of time until they do fall completely apart. Woo. <laughs> Hang on. Is it all right if I walk down there? Praise the Lord. <laughs> There's a reason for this, and it's not so that I can scare you to death. My glasses with this light standing up there, I can't hardly see you. Now I can. I might need to go back up here. <laughs> Hang on with me just a few more minutes. You feel what I'm feeling in this place? You know what I feel like God's trying to do in this service tonight or this afternoon? He's saying, let me restore. Let me restore. I can imagine somebody saying to this man, what's the big deal? It's just an accent. If you don't have the money to replace it, I'll buy you one. Just shut up. And let us move on. Isn't it amazing how easily revival can move on without us? Isn't it amazing how that God can restore so many other homes? But it seemed like it passes ours right by. But this man's saying, you don't understand. It's not your accent. It's mine. And it don't mean anything to you. 
but it means everything to me. I'm preaching to somebody in this building. You've already made that statement in your heart. That preacher's identifying with my feeling. It's not me. It's God that knows exactly where you are. And it's a God that's saying, I've heard your cry. And my God, the one cry out of all of the people that are here that is saying, oh, man of God, I have lost something. If you're worried about my throat, don't be. I've just had pneumonia and bronchitis at the same time, so I'm still trying to recover a little bit, but it's going to be all right. What's the big deal? But it's my access. It's my problem. It's my situation. I'm not expecting you to understand it. You still have your access. I'm not asking you to understand why I'm thinking the way I'm thinking. But you haven't lost your access. How are you going to think if you do? Mm, somebody with me right now? You haven't lost your joy, but I have. You haven't lost your peace, but I have. And the world around him was saying, just get a new one and let's keep building. But my friend, they couldn't understand the adamant uh, God saying of his, as he's saying, you don't understand. I could get a new one, but a new one is not what I need. We thought we needed a new place, but look at what a new place has brought to my life. We thought we needed to move past where we were. Look what's happened now. I've lost my accent. I've lost something that I cannot recover myself. I already said it, but I want to touch it one more time and then move on completely past it. They should have never needed a new place. But it was in that new place that God made them fully understand. My friend, that you can try to make it on substitute things all you want to. They'll make you happy for a few days. They'll make you feel good for a little while. But when the new wears off and you begin to realize that the grass really wasn't any greener over there than where I come from, that you begin to realize that the decision you made right at that moment is going to cost you an axe head. If you're not careful, it will cost you some sleepless nights. It's going to cost you some services where you stand and saying, God, why can't I? feel what everybody else is feeling. Why can't I move like everybody else is moving? And we do not have to get caught up in getting left behind. Just because you can't recover yourself doesn't mean that it's over, that it's hopeless. I got the Bible said the Shunammite woman 
had her child on her knees until noon, and then he died. The world said it died. It's dead. What do you do with dead things? The world says you bury it, but she said, no, I don't have to bury him. There's a room on the side of my house. That room, my friend, is all about restoration. That room's all about revival. That room's all about That room's all about raising the dead back to life. You can bury it if you want to, but I have a God here today that says you don't have to bury it. I am a miracle working God. It may take a miracle to recover it, but I am a miracle working God. Come on right now. All across this building. Yeah, God, it takes a miracle to recover some things. You can be seated. My ex said, I'm not expecting you to feel about it the way I do. We live in a time and an hour when all the devil's asking you to do is reach for a substitute. Thank God for the songs we heard today. I love it. The presence of the Lord that I felt come in through those singing, that words, those, 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 those singers that so anointed the entire service. Mm, hallelujah. And I may not each, I might should just forget about this illustration, but I keep feeling it for some reason. But if we're not careful... When amazing grace no longer brings tears to our eyes. We'll reach for a song. Oh God, I hope you understand what I'm saying. I'm not criticizing anything here. Don't misunderstand me. You keep singing those songs. You keep doing all of that. But I, what I'm saying is, friend, that sometimes we just simply need to go back where we lost it. No, I'm not saying we got to sing Amazing Grace. Hallelujah. But the principle behind what I'm saying is this, that we too many times get so far removed from what brought us into this to begin with. We get too far removed from that peace that came when we got up from that altar speaking in other tongues as a Holy Ghost Gave us the utterance. Hallelujah. And he said, it's my accent. Get a new one. He said, no. A new one won't do what the old one was doing. I've tried the old one. I know what I can do with it. 
Oh, somebody preaching with me just a few minutes right now. Your neighbor needs you to preach with me right now. I got the person sitting beside you may very well need the anointing that is upon me, upon you right now. Praise God to break the yoke of bondage and destroy the yoke of bondage that is upon them. We're living in a world, a society today that says we can make it on substitutes. Oh, God, come on. We can make it on substitutes, and that's all that the devil wants. Just get a new one. But we don't need a new one. We need a preacher to preach to us. We need a man of God to remind us. You may have lost peace. Oh, God, come on. Uh, hallelujah. And to remind us, you might not be able to see it anymore. But I will guarantee you that though it is recessed in the background somewhere, that it has hidden itself underneath the surface of something solid enough that you can no longer see it. It doesn't mean that I don't know where it is. I got it. It may take a miracle to restore some things. I was raised up poor. My daddy, I, I, I tell people all the time, I was a drug child. My dad drugged me all over the United States preaching the gospel. <laughs> I know what it's like to be drug all over the place. And I mean, whether that's proper English or not, I'm not real sure. But it's my English anyway. <clears throat> and... Uh, I was raised, we were raised very poor. Clean, but poor. <laughs> My mom was a firm believer in baths. And she made, a, made us a firm believer in it too. About the first time we got one of those spit baths. Anybody had one of those? You decided real quick, it was a whole lot easier to just go in there and do it. Because at least ways you come out of there with skin left on you. And uh, <laughs> they drug us all over the place. We was raised that way. I remember some times when, as a small child, we go to the table to eat. And uh, there wasn't anything on the table. There was plates, forks, knife, and all that, but there wasn't any food on it. And dad tried to camouflage it, say, okay, we're going to pray. We're going to pray before we eat. And didn't realize at that time, I was young enough, I didn't realize at that time that what we were praying for was food <laughs> on the table. But I remember, I remember praying at my chair, feeling like, what's the sense in this? I didn't understand. It seemed like that 10 minutes was an hour or, or more. Let's hurry up and eat. I got trees to climb. I got things to do. We had all kinds of entertainment. You know, our entertainment was climbing a tree, sapling, somebody taking an axe and cutting it down at the base until it starts to fall over. And then you ride it all the way to the ground. <laughs> you know what? didn't cost anything either. And, and uh, 
But while we were praying, somebody knock on the door. Hallelujah. And bring groceries in. Did it mean that God waited until we prayed for to move on somebody? No. Somebody, the groceries were on their way before we ever prayed. Mm, praise God. Man, that doesn't cost nothing. That's, that's free right there. Oh, I wish to God we could get that kind of faith in the hour that we're living in today. We were raised this way. We were raised very poor. But when we had food, before there was any steak put on the table or bought, if we had steak, it was because we raised it. Praise the Lord. If we had other meat, it was because we either raised it or we hunted it. Vegetables, so on and so forth. But before all of these other things, there was a few things that was called staples. There was a few things that we knew if we didn't have anything else, we were going to have that. Potatoes was one of those. Flour was one of those. Might not have been a lot, but we seemed to always have a dab of sugar. Praise God. And the biggest bag of beans you've ever seen in your lifetime. And I hate beans. I hate any form of beans. I can tolerate a green bean, but that's about it. Didn't like them then. Don't like them now. So I was glad that there was potatoes. And I was glad that there was flour. I was glad that there were all these other things. You can look at me today and know that I didn't starve to death on these staples. I didn't get this. Preacher the other day asked me, said, would you like to go eat? I said, preacher, I didn't get this size not eating. Where do you want to go? It don't matter to me. You want to go eat sushi? Don't know about sushi, but if you go, I'll watch you. Hallelujah. Narrowed it down to, do you like old country buffet? I said, now you're talking. All right. The point I'm making is very simple. It's this. As long as we had the staples. It didn't matter how hard any other time was. It didn't matter what else we were having to deal with and face. We knew that those things were going to take us through. If it was a famine, as long as we had a dab of that, we're going to make it another day. And we're not going to just barely make it. We are going to excel. We are going to exceed. We had a thing called peace. Oh, God. And we had a thing called joy. Now, I'm playing on those two words for this reason. There are some staple things in our Christian life 
Faith is one of them. Praise the Lord. Faith is more than just believing God for your healing. You can't be saved without faith. He said it is impossible for them to, to, my God, to not have faith in me. But he said those that come to me must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It also said that without faith, it is impossible to please God. It also says this, that no man, woman, boy, or girl can come to me, hey God, lest that I draw them. I'm preaching right now. Give me just a few more moments. It was a staple back then. It's still a staple in 2020. Well, hallelujah. If I never get another healing, if I never get another miracle, my God, as long as I know that when I fall in that altar, that he's going to hear me and that he's going to deliver me, my faith says, my God, that if I can only get the axe head back, if I can only recover what I've lost, if if I can only bring back, my God, what used to move me. Hallelujah. Peace. We're trying to have end time revival equaling that of the upper room with folks that don't have peace anymore and don't feel the need. I can get a substitute for peace. You cannot get a substitute of from peace. The scripture says this. The world cannot give you peace. He said, peace I give unto you. Not the world. I'm trying to close. Trying to get through here real quickly right now. Peace that only he gives. Oh, my God, the biggest storm you've ever been in. But the peace that says, I come, <laughs> it's going to be all right. Because God is still in the midst of my storm. When we recover what we've lost, we're not praying prayers that say, God, where are you in my situation? Where are you in my problem? But we're saying to our problem, my God is still somewhere in the midst of all of this. And when he gets through, I need to tell somebody here today that the scripture still says your enemy may come in one way. But when God gets through, when peace gets through, he's going to flee from you seven different ways. Don't leave your axe head in the water. Don't leave your axe head and reach for a new one. You don't need a new one. You need to be that man that says, I've got to recover. I've got to have that one back. I know I've lost it, but I need to recover it.
joy, joy. We got a world today that's saying, let me have some more fun. I just feel better if I could just have some fun. No, you're going to feel better when you get joy. Fun is like a thermometer. When you're having fun, it's 120 degrees. When you're not having fun, it's below freezing. But joy says, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about riding the roller coaster. High today, low tomorrow. Somewhere in between all of that. Holding on with everything you got. Believing and praying and hoping that you're going to be able to make it back up the other side. Before the coaster comes off the tracks and everything derails. But joy says, I got brother Larry Hamby wrote a song many years ago. I didn't understand it for a long time, but today I do. He said, I'm not in a valley. I'm just changing mountaintops. Somebody hear me right now. There's revival in this place. There's a move of God in this place that will surpass and supply everything you need, your family needs, your community, your church needs. But it's all hinging on one thing, and that is you recovering your axe head. Hallelujah. Now listen to this, and I'll be through. Praise God. The man said to Elisha, when Elisha says, where'd you lose it? And the man said, right there, right there. I know it was nothing short of miraculous, his method of bringing this axe head to the top of the water. All he did was cut a stick and stretched it out over the water. But he did not do it 50 yards down the stream this way. He didn't go up here 50 yards and say, I'll try to catch it up here. He said, where'd you lose it? Because where you lost it is where you're going to recover it. This was what was so important about his statement. Where did you lose it? It wasn't important that the man of God happened to be there. It wasn't a sense. But what he needed to understand was all important was this. You're not going to get it back somewhere that you didn't lose it. If you lost it there, you're going to get it back there. If you lost it in praise... You're going to recover it in praise. If you lost it while the church was shouting around you, my God, you're going to recover it where the church was shouting around. Somebody with me right now. You don't backslide when you walk out the doors and sit on a bar stool for the first time. 
That's not where you lost it. Where you lost it is where you're sitting right now. While a preacher was saying, my God, don't look for a substitute. My God, don't let the world persuade you. You can get by with something else. You no longer need it. My God, let a preacher tell you that if you want to recover it, I can help you. but we're not going somewhere where you didn't lose it. Come on, don't get upset when the preacher reminds you. No preacher likes to look at anybody and say, I told you so, when their whole world falls apart. But he must go back to that place. Oh, God, it's getting quiet on me now. I don't know why I'm preaching like I did this morning. I would love to have come in here this morning and preached a faith to you and you run the house and my God and produce some things and like hallelujah, healings and miracles and signs and wonders and all that. That's happening right now because I'm going to tell you, friend, what God's trying to do in somebody's heart and mind and life right now is to remind them, hey God, what you used to have is what it's going to take to take you the rest of the way. And yeah, I'm feeling some spirits reaching out to me from you. Some folks that are saying, oh, if I could just feel what I used to feel. If I could just, my God, react the way I used to react. If I could just leave here and not be pulling my hair out by the time I got to my house because of all the trouble and all the chaos and all the discouragement that I'm facing. But when I leave here knowing that it's all in his hands and right where I lost it is where I'm recovering it. Come on. You're not going to get what you need back in a seminar. You're not going to get it back with a health self-help book. You're going to get it back where you're sitting right now in the presence of the God of God, the Lord of Lord, and the King of Kings that we're feeling his presence in this building right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My God, I hear the cry from somebody's lips. Preacher, I have lost my accent. Can you recover it? Can I get it My friend, I'm going to tell you right now, the preacher can help you recover it. He said, where'd you lose it? He said, right there. He stretched the stick over it, and it came to the surface, and it swam all the way up to the bank. But that's not the end of the story. My friend, his next statement is all crucial. He said, there's your axe head. My God, there's your miracle. There's what you've been looking for. It's right there where you lost it. My friend, but he didn't reach down and throw it over onto that man. But he said, there it is. Will you pick it up? Are you going to pick it up? I hope I've done an adequate job here today, Pastor Morrell. I hope that you're not disappointed. But I have felt such an anointing 
in this place. Stand with me. I know it's a Sunday. I don't know what you're used to from this point on. But there's a conviction that's moving across this congregation right now. I don't know who I have preached to today. The Lord hasn't revealed that to me. It was enough for me to know that this is what is needed. This is what God deemed necessary for this service. I may never know where you lost your accent. I may never know, my God, why your desperate cry was today. I've lost something, preacher. Can you help me recover it? But I am going to tell you, friend, my God, if you'll let the preacher, if you'll let the ministry, I can help you recover your accent. But you've got to be able, you've got to be willing to pick it up and say, I'll use it some more. You need it today. You need some recovery today. You need a miracle today. It may not be healing for your body, but how long's it been since you've just had peace in the Holy Ghost? Peace in the storm that says it's going to be all right because God's still there. How long's it been since you had a joy that said, hey, I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to get back in the presence of God. Hallelujah. This is what I got is unexplainable. Maybe you've just lost a whole lot of things. And you just need the Holy Ghost. He can recover your health. But he didn't promise that here. He promised it over there. But here, he said, I promise you, I will give you faith that will take you through everything. I will give you peace. Oh, God, and I will give you joy. Will you come? You don't even have to kneel today. But just walking up here to the front right now and saying, hey, preacher, Will you help me get my axe head back? I don't have these things anymore. And I'm just going through the motions with a loose axe head. And I'm dreading and I, and I know that sooner or later it's all going to fall apart. And I'm tired of just making it through one more service and one more day and one more revival. And I want to make it tomorrow. With no church like I'm making it today with church. Come on, somebody right now. My God, it may take a miracle to recover some things. But he is still a miracle working God. He's ready to restore your home. He's ready to destroy your to restore your relationship. He's ready to restore, my God, your family. He's ready to restore your faith and your belief and your trust. Thank God in your peace and your joy. Will you come right now? Will you come right now? There's many praying. God bless you. We have enjoyed ministering to you here today. Pray for us. Praise God. The altar, the Father's arms are open wide.
takes a miracle to recover some things. What a tremendous message. What a tremendous message this morning. Brother McCall don't have to apologize ever for preaching what God lays on his heart. Hallelujah. What a, what a message. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And I hope that you have prayed and I hope that God has begun that work of restoration in you this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. But we're going to get it back right where we lost it. Hallelujah. We're going to get the joy of the Lord back right where we lost it, the peace of God. Amen. All those other things that we can lose in God. Hallelujah. We've got to go back right where we lost it, pick it up again, and go on. And, amen. Do the work that God wants us to do. Praise God. Amen. Let's give God a great big hand clap of praise for what he's done here today, for the word of God that we've heard here today. Let's all hide that word in our heart. Come on. Let's hide that word in our heart. If God spoke a word to you this morning, hide that word in your heart. Take it away from here. Take it home with you. Take it to work with you. Come on. Meditate on it. Hallelujah. Come on. 
Don't let this message just slip through your mind. Don't forget about it this evening. Don't forget about it tomorrow. Hallelujah. This is the kind of message that will work on you for days and days and weeks and weeks and months if we'll just let that Word of God work on us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming this morning. Thank you for listening so intently this morning. Hallelujah. God bless you. Shake hands with somebody close to you and tell them how glad you are that we're here. Make sure you let Brother McCall and Sister McCall know that we're glad, so glad that they came. Amen. To higher praise this morning and amen and preached to us and shared with us and helped us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God bless